the beginning of some very well-known scriptures amongst most people who know much about church. Jesus answering them, do you believe? Do you believe today? I hope you do. He said, Behold, the hour cometh, and yea, is now come, that you shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I'm not alone, because the Father's with me. These things have I spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Everybody say tribulation. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. Lord, help us today. Lord, help us today, God, in your precious name. I know that we're not here by accident. God, we're here on purpose and design. And Lord, I thank you that I feel you have spoke to my spirit this, this week, God. And I'm asking that you would help me, God, to be able to do something, say something that would help encourage us all today, Lord. We love you and we thank you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Jesus told us we're going to have tribulation in this world. Have you ever been through some tribulation in your life? Somebody said, I don't even know what tribulation is, Pastor. What is that? The word tribulation means affliction. It means burden. It means persecution it means trouble amen it means trouble anybody ever had trouble in your world I'm not asking if you were trouble we've all been trouble at times but I'm saying have you ever been through some trouble turbulence in your life we're living in some troubled times can I get an amen I know we are. I feel it today. I feel the heaviness across this congregation today. We've, Bethany has done a great job leading us in worship, but in the midst of that worship, I've felt the burdens here today. I've felt those afflicted spirits and hearts in this place today. I've felt those who feel like persecution is against you, and, and you feel that trouble in your world. We're talking for just a few moments this afternoon on the troubled water. The troubled water. My 50 years of living, I have never seen a more troubling time than where we are living today. Amen. I've even asked some elders in my life, um, older people, people that's older than me, if they ever seen a time like this and they would let me know, no, I've never seen 
anything like this time that we're living in. As I've heard several of my peers and those younger than me and specifically the elders um, preach as I listen to a lot of preaching through the week because I need preaching. And I've heard them say they have not seen such a troubled time as we're living in right now. Even as today we have been blessed to not have COVID to hit us very hard, but today we have five to six people that are not here because of uh, either have COVID or either they are quarantined because of COVID. And in the midst of the COVID pandemic, we have got government that is absolutely gone crazy. Amen. And add insult to injury today, we have news outlets that's pouring out lies or pouring out garbage. And we have so many people that is intaking it and therefore that is on our mind and that makes the trouble even that more magnified because if anybody knows if you steer the manure pile, what does it do? Just stinks that much worse. Scene where Kroger's is supposed to raise their food prices before this year is over two to three percent. Wars, crazy weather patterns, gas prices. It hadn't hit over $3 a gallon yet, but I'm sure it's probably going to try to get there. They're trying to get it there. Amen. Trouble. Somebody looks at your neighbor and say trouble. Don't call them trouble. Just look at them and say trouble. Good job, McKenna. Hey, and don't leave here today. We're going we're gonna to celebrate McKenna. She just turned six this last week, and we're going to make sure we give her a little bit of change when this day's over. So I ain't forget about you, sweetie. And then, that's out there. Then we got it in here. We got trouble in the church. We got people addicted to media. I promise you, if I had to do over again, my kids would not have touched a cell phone till they were 16 years old. They wouldn't have touched it. Only that's just sitting in my lap. Even at 15. But I'll tell you, that has caused specifically my beautiful baby, the girl back there, more trouble than I wanted in my house. How you say that now? Our kids bow up and say, oh, and see, that's the problem. Because it's created media addictions. I hope it ain't happening that we have people scrolling through Facebook and Instagram and watching TikTok videos and, and, and watching this and watching that and, and, and people is just stirring us up anymore where we, we spend more time uh, looking at cell phones and playing games than we do praying and reading our Bible and, and, and it's just causing all kinds of trouble. When we started the church 15 years ago, well, our fun with phones was Bluetooth and ringtones back and forth to each other, but now then, we don't even worry about that anymore because you can download anything you need off the internet and that's part of the trouble. 
And not to mention the trouble that, that we see with people in church. And we got, we got people that's walking in inconsistency. And we got people that's unfaithful to the house of God. And they're unfaithful to this. And, and people that's backsliding. And, and we're seeing so much trouble in the house of God. And I, did I mention that our, that our, that our government's gone crazy? Did I mention that? You know what I've noticed it's even worse than the government going crazy is the church that's joined in and making the church just as political as the political crazy people are. Let me just say this right now. If somebody gets the vaccine, leave them alone. If somebody don't get the vaccine, leave them alone. Love them. Treat them right. Because all that's doing is bringing more trouble to the church and making the church look stupider than they already think we are. I mentioned we live in troubled times. It's troubled. We got troubled teenagers. That that we got troubled teenagers. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to hurt any of you kids here, but you're part you're part of the troubled teenage world that we got right now. That mamas and daddies is checked out, so grandmas and grandpas and, and other people's having to pick up the slack and take care of them. And I and I promise you, at a 50 year old man, me thinking about raising that that seven month old baby, I'm telling you, that's hard on us older people. It ain't the same as it was when we was trying to raise them when we was 30 and uh, 25 and 30 years old. So therefore, it's harder for us to do. So it's creating troubled kids that they're 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 they're, uh, they're upset because mom and dad is checked out in their life, and, and therefore they're troubled in their spirits. And, and let me tell you what: if you're one of those teenagers and you've got a you've got a grandparent that's trying to endeavor to take care of you, you need to be patient with grandma and grandpa because they're doing the best they know how to do. Praise God! We're living in a troubled time. Praise God! We're living with troubled adults. Hallelujah! I know we got the parents that's checked out, but for for some reason they checked out and now they're in trouble. They're troubled spirits. And a lot of them, they was raised in the church. They knew about the church. Hallelujah. But drugs or something has pulled them away from God and away from what God wanted them to do. And they're troubled. You can walk down the streets of the mall. You know, the halls of the mall. You can walk through Walmart. You can drive down the road and see them walking down the road and you can see it in their eyes. You can tell they're troubled. You can tell they're upset. Hallelujah. You can tell something's going on in the world. They're troubled. Yes, amen. Somebody say trouble. Trouble. I'm not planning on being real long. I hope I don't. Three or four days ago, I was listening to some preaching and something. Uh, this happens a lot when I when I get when when a preacher inspires something with me. I I end up having to back up and go back and and pick up where where my mental mental state left because they'll say something that 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 just captivates me and begins to make my mind roll to thinking about a sermon that I feel like the Lord is, is wanting me to preach and it's exactly what happened with this message that, I, that I'm going to share with you here today and I was listening to this preacher and all of a sudden he said something to my mind just begin to roll and think about the time we're living in our church and the, and the church age that we're living in right now and all of a sudden I just kind of checked out and I had to back up and go back and pick up where I was and two or three days in a row as I prayed I, I, I would find myself writing down notes 
says, I was praying about this uh, sermon. And, and, and typically when the boys say, hey, you got uh, Sunday covered. None of them said anything this week. And I just felt like, okay, I need to do this today. I, I, I need to... I need to preach this today. And every time I've got down, I've just had this stuff coming to me and, and writing this stuff down. So I feel like it is for somebody that's here today because I know that we're living in a troubled world and we're wondering, God, what are we going to do? Because some people's wondering, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Oh, God, I don't know how I'm going to be able to make it with my kids still acting like they're acting. Or, or maybe it's some kid thinking, I don't know how I can go home with my mom or dad being in the state they are. Or I don't know how I can go home with my relationship or Maybe it's that Christian person. We've been here for a while. We've been around church for a while. But all of a sudden we find ourselves in that state that we're troubled in our spirit. And we feel like I can't pray like I once prayed. And I can't study the Word like I once studied. I don't feel like I can worship in the house of God like I once worshiped. And we feel like we're stuck in that stagnated place. And we feel like we don't know what to do. And we feel like we're almost checked out from the church. And, and things are going on in our spirit. And we say, oh God, but I'm saved. Why? Why do I feel this way? Why am I going through what I'm going through? I'll tell you why. This world is troubled. Amen. The name of the poor is said to be derived from the Hebrew and our Aramaic language. Bethesda is what they called it. Bethesda means either house of mercy or house of grace. The meaning may have been thought appropriate since the location was seen as a place of disgrace due to the presence of all those that was invalid and also a place of grace due to the granting of healing. Give me the mother pictures. Bethesda. This is it today. Give me the next one. You can see what's left of it there. According to the Gospel of John, Bethesda was a bathing pool with five porches. You can see this semblance of what's left of probably five porches there. John chapter 5 tells us that around these five porches lay a great multitude of potent folk. Go back to my scripture title there. As this depicts it very much so. And around these porches lay a great multitude of people that were sick. They were blind. They had issues. They, they had things in their life that had withered. They lay there waiting for the moving of the water as the artist in the picture behind me has tried his best to, uh, to um, show us. And because that an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and the Bible says that the angel troubled the water. Somebody look at the person sitting beside you and say, he troubled the water. The word lets us know that whosoever was the first after the troubling of the water stepped in and was made whole of whatsoever disease that they had. What is it about trouble that comes to our world? None of us are exempt from trouble. 
I don't care how spiritual you may think you are. On your best day, you are still human. And there are some things, no matter how big of a spiritual giant that we are, when it hits our life, it will bring the most spiritual person to a crumbling spot in the world. Amen. One of the greatest ministers of our generation is Brother Mark Morgan. He is an absolute prophet from the Lord, no doubt in my mind. And I remember him telling the story when he went to see, I, I don't remember exactly who the preacher was, but he said the preacher was telling the story as Brother Mark Morgan stepped through the door uh, as he stepped into Brother Mark Morgan's uh, 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 door, whatever it was, he shut the door behind him. Brother Mark Morgan stood up and said, Open that door! Because he was fighting spirits of fear and intimidation. Doesn't matter how great or how mighty you may think you are when things happen to you in life, it brings trouble to your world. You can think of how spiritual you may be, but August the 2nd of this year, you guys know that trouble came to our church when five people was drastic, was, was, was traumatically taken from us in a moment's notice. We didn't have time to say, I love you, I miss you, I'm going to miss you. All we know is that all of a sudden they were taken out of our life. I had such a time at, 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 at the age of uh, uh, 23 years old on November the 13th of 1994 when I got the phone call from my cousin Kevin and saying your daddy has been shot and I'll never forget sitting there in that hospital about 7 o'clock that evening, praise God, and the doctor looking at my family and saying, I'm sorry, we done all we could, but he, we lost him on the operating table as a 23-year-old. That sends trouble into your world. That sends you on a reeling place, hallelujah. And it's trouble when you look at your mother, hallelujah, and she don't even know your name because Alzheimer's has taken her from you. And I'm singing my own story here, but some of you has got them same type of stories in your life because it doesn't matter what you go through in your world. You can be the most spiritual giant in this world, and when trouble hits you, it's going to bother you. It's going to make you rethink. It's going to realign your world because None of us can get out of the way of trouble. Amen. Because Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. It's going to come to you. But here's the thing. when some, There's something about trouble. Because when trouble comes, it causes us to move from the position that we're in. Praise God. Oh, come on. If trouble didn't come to some of our lives, we would always sit in the same place. And we never move from where we are. Hallelujah. So I come to tell you today, I wonder, is that while we are seeing so much trouble in this world, because some people have been lying in the same spot way too long. And it's time for them to get out of that spot. So God to send a trouble to your world saying that you've been there long enough it's time to move you're going you're gonna, to uh, sit in rigor mortis and you're going to die and stiffen up and never be able to move and I believe that many times it takes trouble to move us it takes trouble to get us out of the place because you hear me tell that story about my daddy but you don't always hear me tell the part of it when my brother was in that tent revival just two months removed two months before that and a preacher slapped his head on my brother's head and said when I a child and I speak as a child but when I came a man I put away childish things if you don't straighten up God's going to take something dear from your heart 
I would always tell you about the prayers that I was praying as a man who'd been married for a year and a half that's still running from his calling, driving down the road on my way to work. I remember the prayer so many times and saying, God, whatever it takes, help me to get to where I need to be. Did God take Ronnie Orton, hallelujah, for me and my brother to get to the place that we need to be in God? I don't know. I don't think we was the only reason that he done that. God had a reason for it, and I'm not going to question him about it. I'm just going to embrace the fact that I got a daddy in heaven that's waiting on me. But what I do know is that trouble straightened my brother up. And what I do know is that trouble took me on a track that got me to where I'm standing here behind this pulpit today. And it hadn't been for that trouble come to my world. I may not be where I'm at right now, praise God. I'm telling you right now, every one of us is going to have trouble in our life. And if you're going through some trouble right now in your world, we need to wake up and look around and say, God, what are you trying to get me to move to? Amen. Amen. <sighs> trouble. We see at Bethesda there was a man. He had been sick for 38 years years 38 years he doesn't tell us what was wrong with him we don't know we just know that he was bad enough he couldn't climb in the water like everybody else did when the water got trouble he, he wasn't able to do that on his own Maybe he was too slow. Or maybe even at the beginning he was skeptical. I don't know. Let's just go with it for a second here. All we know is that he was there for 38 years. And every time the water would be troubled, he was not able to get in there. I would think that if I had been somewhere for 38 years that I would somehow try to figure out my best way to get to that water. We don't know. Did the angel trouble the water once a year, once a month, once a week, once a day? We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But it did say that the angel troubled the water. And the only purpose for the troubled water was to let the people know it was time to move. Otherwise, how would they know to go? So it tells me that the only way these people that needed something more than they had knew how to get up from where they were was when troubled waters come to the world. And I can't help but think about the time that we're in right now that we are living in troubled times. There is troubled waters out there. As we go through the waves in the sea of life, we are in the boat and it's being tossed about and the waters are troubled just like the disciples on the sea and it's going back and forth. And some people are wondering, does Jesus even care about me because I'm on this troubled water? But if them disciples had stayed at the top of the boat and never went down and said, Jesus, we're in troubled waters. Would you wake up? He would have never got up and went to the bow of the ship. Some people's on this boat, praise God. And it's time for you to get up to where you are and make your way to Jesus and begin to cry out to him and say, Jesus! Jesus. And that's the wonderful thing about this story. Jesus saw him. 
But David, they didn't have to get up like the he didn't have to get up like the disciples. Nobody ever took him to the water, but you know what? He didn't have to because finally Jesus came walking by and seen him laying there, seen him where he was. And Jesus knew that he had been now a long time in that place. And Jesus asked one of the most ludicrous questions you could ever think could be asked of somebody that's crippled. He said, do you want to be whole? Mm-hmm. Now, he's been laying there for 38 years, Brother Texas, and Jesus walks by and says, hey, dude. He's like, Texas, hey, dude. You want to be whole? God didn't know who Jesus was. I have no idea, and I'm sure it wasn't their culture at that time. But I can see some of our people right now going, duh, here I am. I wouldn't be here in the first place because all this place was for Bethesda. All it was, it was for people that were sick and needed a healing. That's why these people were even there. Right? The man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. Every time while I'm coming, another person steps down in front of me. And Jesus says to him, no doubt you know this story, rise, take up your bed, and walk. I don't know what it was. How many times maybe this man had heard, uh, maybe this man had had people to come by and, and maybe somebody that he was, one of his buddies that he got to know him beside of him and, and that was along sick with him, maybe they begin to see a little trickle of the water out there and his buddy starts saying, hey, 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 I, I see it moving. Maybe me and you may go and try to get a little bit closer. How many times has this man had this? But whatever the case, every time he tried to get there, he had nobody that would help him get to the water because everybody else plays the Lord wanted what he wanted. But when Jesus looked at him, he said, rise up, take your bed, and walk. And the Bible says immediately, this man, he did not hesitate, but there was something inside of Jesus that must have been different than anybody else that ever said, hey, take my hand and get up. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Why don't you get up from there? No doubt there's so many that said, oh, come on. And just, uh, why don't you get up? Let's get into the water. But something about Jesus was just a little bit different. And this man, he immediately got up and he was made whole. And those of you that like to take notes, you'll find that in John chapter 5, 2 through 9. I know it'll be much longer. I want to use this story and where I'm at to get to this place that I am right now. Hallelujah. To establish this, folks, we are in troubled times. And if you're here today and you're telling me you don't got no trouble in your world, there is altars right here. And we can pray and get our heart right because all of us are dealing with trouble because this world is 
is reeking with trouble, Sister Chastity. This world is messed up as I started this sermon off. And not only is this world messed up, Brother Preston, but also our churches is in a mess too. We have got people, oh come on, that, that's been in church a little while or a long time and they're struggling because of the trouble from this world that's going on, praise God. But here's the thing, oh come on, they, they're, they're in the same place, the same situation as we find them at Bethesda. We're in the same place because this place, this world that we live in, it is the house of mercy and it also is the house of grace because in this world we see the misery of people and where they are, but we also see people that is healed and brought out of that misery so we can see this world almost as that place of the house of Bethesda, praise God. It is the place that we can find in this world we can find mercy from God and we can also find the grace of God. Mercy that will allow us to hang around and still be there although we may not get what we need but sometimes the grace to bring us the healing that we didn't even deserve or didn't even need but here's the problem Jesus is not here to walk up to one and say hey do you want to be whole? Jesus is not here he does it every once in a while I guess but I don't know I've never met anybody that actually seen the physical form of Jesus come up and say hey Xavier you want to be whole buddy? I've never seen, heard of anybody actually saying that, that Jesus had done that. But you know what? We're still living in troubled waters. We're still living in troubled time. And they are troubled. And they are waiting, hallelujah, on the water to begin to move, praise God. And the water is moving. But I come here today. Oh yeah, I struggle. I struggle with what I was going to call this today. And I finally decided, you know what? I don't give it all away at one time. So that's why I called it the troubled water here today. Because we're living in troubled water. But my focus is not on the troubled troubled water. My focus is what happens when the water begins to get troubled. Praise God. What happens? Anybody know what happened when the water got troubled? The healing came. The healing was in the water. Anybody know what Jesus is called? The living water? And that's why when this man looked up at Jesus, he's not like anybody other man. He's seen something in him. He's seen a living water inside of him. He's seen the bread of life inside of Jesus. He looked into the eyes of the Savior. He looked into the eyes of the Creator. He looked into the eyes of the One, hallelujah, that made the earth and everything that's said known. He looked into the eyes of the One who sent the angel to trouble the water, and He recognized it. He recognized He was not like anybody else in that ship pull that day but he was a master he was a savior and when Jesus said to him do you want to be whole he knew it wasn't a dumb question he knew that he was sincere he knew that he cared about him he knew that he had something to give him so that's why when he spoke he got up immediately because he knew he wasn't like just anybody else praise God and that's what you and I need to be in these troubled waters that we're living in today praise God we're not Jesus no we're not Jesus but we should have Jesus living on the inside of us and if we got Jesus on the inside of us praise God we've got that living water that can heal them out there John 7 and 37 through 39 in the last day the great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried saying if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink he that believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water and I love verse 39 because it tells us where this comes from but this he spake of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost everybody said the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. one more time say the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. 
was not yet given to them because that Jesus was not glorified. What he's saying, when you get the Holy Ghost in the side and on the inside of you, you have the living water flowing out of your buds. Because he said, everyone that's got this on the inside of them should have river living water, love, rivers of living water flowing out of their belly. Why do we push the Holy Ghost so much? It's because we need that living water flowing out of us. Hallelujah. We need that living water. And if we got the Holy Ghost, we've got that living water. Colossians 1 and 26 says, Even the mystery which had been from, hid from the ages and from generations that have now been made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of glory in this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, anybody know? Christ in you. Yeah. What? The hope, the hope of what glory? Yes. The waters are troubled. And you know why we've never seen a troubled time like this? Because he is ready to deliver this world. He's ready to deliver this world of everything that they're dealing with. Of every drug, every alcohol substance that people are dealing with. Every marital conflict. Every financial conflict. Every conflict that you may think of. Everything, yeah. We don't got people laying by the sheep pool of Bethesda. Hey, we don't got the people that's laying there sick and all these afflictions. But we've got them in the drug houses. We've got them in the houses of our own church. And there's trouble. And they're messed up in their mind. They're messed up in their spirit. Praise God. But there's a God. Hallelujah. That is sending a church during this troubled water time. We are the church of the living God. And God has called us to reach this world. Praise God. It's time for us to rise up. Why is this world troubled right now? Because God is trying to send a revival like he never had. And if he just let us keep going in our little comfort zone, we would not have revival. You know why you're dealing with so much trouble right now? God is trying to get you up from where you are. You know why the church is dealing with so much trouble right now? He is trying to send a revival like we've never seen before. You hear me today? All across this nation, this world right now, there is churches that is experiencing revival in the middle of this pandemic and craziness like we have never seen in our world. Hallelujah. We have not seen that here yet, but it is coming, praise the Lord, because right now God is sending the trouble to your life. He's sending the trouble to my life. Why is he doing that? He's wanting us to get up to where we are and get in the living water, praise God, and get the water flowing through us so we can walk up to that man and say, hey, are you tired of being in sin? Hey, are you tired of being addicted to drugs? Are you tired of being addicted to pornography? Are you tired of being in the place you are? Are tired, you tired of that sickness in your body? Are you tired of your marriage falling apart? Are you tired of being where you are in this world? Guess what? I've, I've got that troubled steering water on the inside of me. Out of my belly flow. Rivers of living water. We have what they need, church. And it's time for us to get out of our comfort zone. Amen. 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 I don't remember who was preaching. I think it was Brother Jason Staten. He was preaching about the pool of Bethesda. He was preaching about the, the water getting troubled. And all of a sudden, uh, he began to talk about how this world was troubled because uh, the only way that God could really bring, uh, uh, bring the healing that we needed was to bring trouble in the world. And that's where I began to leave that sermon. And my mind began to grow, go to another place. Everybody, everybody right now, 
They're questioning why are we dealing with what we're dealing with? Because if God let the earth just settle down and be calm and cool and collected, there will be no great end time revival. But because we're dealing with all this trouble, it's going to make people uncomfortable. But you, you know what? You, you may think that nobody wants what we got. Yes, they want what we got. They are looking for what we got. They're looking for it, praise God. But they have no one to help them in the water when it gets trouble, praise God. Hey, hey, the water is trouble and they need you to help them. They need you to get out from where they are. They need you to give them a Bible study. They need you to pick them up and take them to church and take them to McDonald's afterwards. They need you. They need the church. The waters are troubled and they need the church. Oh God, oh God, if I can just get one of you to catch what I'm saying today. If I can just get one person to catch what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is so simple today is this. Yes, this world is troubled, but why is it troubled though? Because God wants to give somebody a healing. The only time the healing came at the pool of Bethesda, hallelujah, was when the water was troubled. But the water is always troubled right now. It doesn't matter 24-7 if the water is troubled right now. 24-7, you can find something somebody that needs Jesus 24-7 you can find somebody that is desperate for what we got hallelujah hear me today what you and I need to do is wake up and realize and quit question God why is this happening to me and start asking the question say God what do you want me to do God what do you want me to do where do you want me to go oh God we need to wake up and go hallelujah to the bow of the ship and say Jesus I'm in a storm it's rocking what do you want to do Lord hallelujah somebody needs to go Wake Jesus up in your world today and let him come up and speak peace in your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I literally only have one more section of scripture left. I'm going to be done. But here's my problem. This is every preacher's problem. Especially when they feel like they have something the Lord has laid on them. I feel like you're not getting it. Okay? I'm just going to be honest. I feel like you're struggling. And if I'm doing a bad job with it, please forgive me. So I'm trying to make this just as simple and plain as I can. The reason this world is in so much trouble right now is because He wants to bring the greatest revival that's ever happened in this world. And there's only two ways to respond to the trouble. is That's either to sit there and bask in the trouble that you're in and always make excuse and say, I have nobody to take me there. Or we can wake up and realize the reason we're in the trouble that we are is because we need to get up and go wake Jesus up and get Him on the bow of the ship and us get off the bow of the ship. And here's the problem when we're in the midst of the storm what we try to do is grab a hold of the rudder and we try to control the boat but finally them disciples when they said they realized that they couldn't get anywhere that, with that boat you know what they done they realized they were in troubled waters and they couldn't manage it and they couldn't control it finally they said hey I've got an idea let's go talk to Jesus about the trouble we're in and let's
let's see what Jesus does about it. And it's exactly what they've done. It's exactly what you and I need to do. We're still trying to roll the boat. We're still trying to control everything that's going on because we're rocking back and forth and say, oh God, I don't know what to do. My bills are about to sink me. My marriage is about to sink me. Oh God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do in this trouble that I'm in? Oh, what am I going to do? And we keep trying to hold the boat. We keep trying to control the rain. But God don't want us to control the rain. He didn't call you to be God. He's doing a fine job of being a God. So when you find yourself in the midst of that trouble, you need to go down to the depth of where Jesus is, hallelujah, and say, Jesus, I can't handle it no more. I can't control this boat no more. Oh, God, would you do something? And you know what Jesus done? He woke up, and he walked up to the bow of the ship, and he stepped down on the end of it, and all he said was, peace. Be still. He said, peace be still. It came a calm. Somebody had been playing God too long. You're not God. The next time trouble comes to your life, remember the scripture. Turn it back here, Jackie. A text. These things have I spoken to you that you might have what? Peace. Peace. He said, in this world you shall have trouble. But be a good cheer. Because guess what? I've done overcoming. So anywhere you've been, he's done been there. Anything you're going through, he's done defeated it. Everything you defeated, a death, hell, and a grave, you defeated, praise God. When he went to Calvary, he has overcome this world already. Hallelujah. So the next time trouble comes over your world, you just need to go find Jesus and wake him up. Praise God. Because somebody's watching your boat. Somebody's watching your boat in the middle of the storm. Hallelujah. And what we need to do is go wake him up and say, Jesus, we're in trouble, water. What do you want? You think them disciples don't remember that? It was Peter and John after the Lord, the hope of glory, filled them with the Holy Ghost. Christ in them, the hope of glory. Now then, Jesus is on the inside because they've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And guess what they do? The Bible said they get up and they're going to go to the house of worship because that's what you're supposed to do at the hour of prayer. And as they go, they find somebody that's laying there by the side that has trouble. Lying by the gate of beautiful. How many times had they walked by there? How many times had they seen that man in that troubled position? How many times had they heard still uh, saying, I need some arms, give me something. But this time when Peter walked by him, that was something a little bit different. Hallelujah. Because he had done, had Jesus the trouble, the, uh, the calm, the trouble still waters of his life. Praise God. And when he said, I need this, he said, I know you think you need that. I don't, but I don't have no silver. And I don't have no gold, but such as I have. You know what he had, Sister Penny? He had the Holy Ghost. He had the Holy Ghost. He had the living water on the inside of it. He such as I have, I give unto you. And the Bible said, hallelujah, that man, he received that, and he got out of that trouble, and you know 
then the Bible said he went running, leaping, and jumping in the temple. Praise God. You know what we need some more around here? We need some people running and leaping and jumping because the Holy Ghost has brought peace to them. Amen. We're in troubled waters. What are we going to do, Pastor? We're in troubled waters. What are we going to do, Pastor? Listen to what Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church, and this is my last scripture, and I'm going to be done. Second Corinthians chapter 4, Bethany can come. Verse 8, he said, we are troubled on every side. But what? Yet not distressed. We are perplexed. But what? We are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. You know why? He gives us the answer in the very next verse. Always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be what? Anybody know? Manifest in what? Our body. You know what he's saying? You may be troubled, but you're not distressed because that life of Jesus, that is the living water, is being manifest in our body. He said, for we which live are always delivered in the dead for Jesus' sake, that the life of also of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have in the same spirit of faith according as it is written I believe and therefore I have spoken we also believe and therefore speak you know what he's saying you might be troubled but you're bearing the body of Jesus in your life and it's time for you to speak in the middle of these troubled waters I'm not done reading. He said, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many be down to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Light affliction. We got we got trouble, but you know what Paul calls it? He calls it a life affliction, which is but for a moment. Let's, let me tell you what he says that light affliction does. We feel like in so much trouble, we don't know what to do with it. But Paul says this is what it's going to do: working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. We may have trouble right now, but when we take our last breath, there's not going to be no more trouble. We're going to be in eternity. He said, while we look not at the things which are seen, which is the trouble, but at the things which are not seen, which is the eternal, for the things which are not seen, this is just temporal. What they're going through right now, it's temporal. Listen to me. I don't want to get COVID and die. I got a grandbaby that I want to see grow up. Look at him, praise the God of me. And if I wasn't be stuck over there for 50 days, 
the glory that I'm going to inherit. Yeah, I've lived longer without my daddy than I lived with him. And I know some of you don't even, you didn't even have a relationship with your daddy. But listen to you folks, if I live my allotted time, which is 70 years, of this life and living in the trouble that I've had just it ain't nothing compared to eternity. While we look not at the things which are seen, quit looking at the trouble. Oh, I know! I've said it earlier. If you're in a financial strain, you're in Jesse Hendricks used to say, well, he's on I'm financially in the We've all been there. about to drive you crazy your mom, or you're the kid and your mom and daddy's about to drive you crazy or you're not in church. But we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But I see an eternal reward waiting for me. And the things which are not seen
struggling in the troubled waters myself. And that's the reason you and I need to wake up and wake Jesus up, praise God, because your neighbor is in troubled waters and they don't have Jesus and they need you, praise God, because the only Jesus that they're ever going to see, praise God, may be you and I, praise the Lord, and not children